This is Harrison Boyle from your New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers podcast. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. What a win over the weekend against our hated rivals, the New Jersey Dirt Packers, a.k.a. Hoboken RFC, a.k.a. Hoboken Semifinalist, a.k.a. Hoboken Sopranos. They are sleeping with the fishes tonight, baby. We finished the job. What a game. We were down there. About 30 of us, you know, the Rangers showed up big time in Hoboken. We taught them how to be fans, guys. It was like a Morgan there, uh, unless uh, New Jersey was about to score, other than us chanting and helping our Free Jacks win in New Jersey. Got a great episode for you. Extremely excited for the home opener. We are right there, guys. I will see you on Saturday with bells on, baby. Cannot wait to see everybody there at Fort Quincy. It is going to be extremely loud. Hoping that we set the attendance record for the league. I know that Utah was bragging about having 3,600 or something like that. So hopefully we can shatter that record at this point this season here at Fort Quincy. Let's get right into the episode, guys. Here we go. Home opener. Free Jacks at home, baby, against the Arrows. They've got drawn the short end of the stick. Here we go, baby. Woo! If that theme music doesn't get you fired up for this weekend, I don't know what is. Check your pulse. Man, super exciting episode this time around here in episode 31. We're calling this one Fort Quincy. That is our home. We are coming home, baby, this weekend. Just wanted to start out the episode by reminding everybody that our only sponsor is the Jax Rangers Show merch store. That is at jaxrangers.com forward slash store. And you can find all of the merchandise that you would ever possibly want to rock our Jack's Rangers gear. Highly recommend that you go over there, guys, and check it out. If you haven't already, stop by and grab a shirt, a hat, a, bo- a beanie, a hoodie, whatever you would like. It is all there for you to represent the Jack's Rangers show. All right, let's talk about the lineup real quick in this very special episode prior to our first home game at Fort Quincy. The lineup will be as follows. We've got Justin Johnson uh, joined Dave and I for a little interview. And then we've got Bozo Six Picks, where we're breaking down the previous week's rapid reaction to the scores and also going over the picks that Bozo himself has made for this week's upcoming games, which is round number six. From there, we'll have our Outrider segment, where we're breaking down the previous game against New Jersey and previewing the game against Toronto at home this weekend. Finally, we've got a very special guest in the form of Brian Ray making his second appearance on the show. If you guys don't know Brian, he is the main man behind the americasrugbynews.com. He's also a huge Toronto Arrows fan and a frequent contributor to Rugby Wrap-Up, which is one of my favorite rugby shows. If people ever ask me for like an overall MLR show to follow, I highly recommend Rugby Wrap-Up. I watch their videos weekly to keep up to date with everything that goes on for the MLR in total. Yeah, super excited for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get right into it with Justin Johnson, the first ever pick by our New England Free Jacks in the draft. Super cool guy. Here we go. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always by my brother, Dave McVeigh. And also we've got a very special guest this time around. Justin Johnson of our New England Free Jacks is here with us. 
JJ, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. It's another day in paradise. You know, I, I wish, it was, so. wish it was a little warmer, but yeah. I can't do much better here in Boston at this time of year. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, but hey, it's getting there. It's getting there slowly. Slowly, eventually, it's getting warmer. I feel it. I feel yeah, it in about a month, we'll have like spring-ish weather for sure. <laughs> Where are you from? Yeah. I'm from California. So I, I grew up in city of L.A., Slauson and Crenshaw. And then we moved um, we moved around a little bit. Then I ended up going to school in Manhattan Beach, California. It's right on the coast. What's your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? So I was a linebacker for football. I played football. My first sport was basketball, but I played football for about um, five years, six years before I played high school. And then basically I was playing high school football my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And my coach was like, hey, I'm creating a rugby team. I think you should come out. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> I, I, already, I had a problem, you know, I had a problem with like my shoulders already. It was just like hitting people. And then I think I had one or two concussions and I was just like, no, like, that's not safe. Like, I would never do that. Right. And then, you know, went out for a game of touch, had the ball in my hand. I was like, oh, this is actually fun. Like, toss it around. I was like, all right, I'll, let me get this a shot. Very cool. Uh, so you went to uh, Life University, which is a very prestigious and winning program down there in the Southeast. What is your favorite memory of playing for life? Uh, I would have to say winning the national championship in 2017, I believe, mm -hmm. because we beat Cal 60 to five. And that Ooh. was the biggest yeah. That was the biggest score margin for a national championship. And that was the first time Cal has ever lost, or it was the first time they joined the D1A that year. And it was the first time we played them. And yeah, it was just a big accomplishment for me and all the boys. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, anytime you can beat Cal Berkeley by that score is incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Um, talk to us about, I know that you're a big reader. You've talked about that in other interviews. What are you reading currently and what book has shaped your life the most? Uh, I would say I'm right now I'm reading the seven habits of highly efficient, highly efficient people, mm -hmm. seven highly efficient people. And it's actually a pretty good book. I love books that are self-help books, books that will help you in a life skill and get you ready. I think my favorite book that I've ever read, which I tell a lot of people to read where the peaceful warrior 10 out of 10, mm -hmm. it is like, it's more of a, it's a self-help slash, um, it's kind of fictional, but it kind of, it kind of relates back. I think that book was by far one of the best books. And I would say a second place of that is um, Relentless from Good to Great to Unstoppable. It's about the the trainer and general manager of Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and I believe Michael Jordan. And it's a great like sports book. Wow. Very cool. And I would say those are the top two that, that really changed my life and changed my work ethic. Very cool. Right now I'm reading a book called Chaos, and it's about Charles Manson possibly being a CIA uh, asset back in the day. So I just started, I just cracked it open, but it's pretty intriguing about how his criminal history and all, he was always, he was always in and out of jail, but like nothing really ever stuck, uh, stuck for him before he actually, you know, uh, had, you know, had that cult going on. So the, yeah. the theory is, is like, he might've been some sort of CIA asset that kept getting him out of jail and stuff like that. So very intriguing stuff. Um, lo really looking to that's get a, that's into like that. like a good book. Yeah, yeah, so I love conspiracy. To be honest, I love conspiracy theory. So nice, like, nice. That stuff rattles. That rattles me. I love it. I want to read it now. Very cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> called chaos. Um, so chaos. let's move over from books to Waffle House. Uh, we've seen you wear the Waffle House sleeve on the pitch. For New Englanders that may not be aware of it, 
What is so special about Waffle House? Waffle House is 24 hours, any holiday, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas Day, anything. They're always open. It's, it's real cheap food and it's real greasy, but after a great night out, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Time there is one at the corner of campus and you have to pass it in order to go into campus. And we would stop at it every time after a night out with the boys. I mean, I literally every night and it always never ends at Waffle House because it's 24 hours. So that's where everybody goes and it's still a party there. People are eating and it's just, it's just a great staple and it's a symbol of Georgia. I think that is literally the Georgia symbol. For sure. Um, I'm from North Carolina, right on the border of South Carolina. And we have one in my hometown that we would frequently go to. And and the people that work there, you know, they're very nice. But if there's any trouble whatsoever, they do not hesitate to, you know, be like, get the F out of here. You know, like they will. They're, yeah. they're legit there. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk yeah. about. And the fact you said one. There's. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say that you said one. There's probably about like 20 or 30 and probably like a 10 mile radius in Georgia everywhere. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like Dunkin' Donuts, uh, like the, the Dunkin' Donuts version exactly. down there. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about last year. You know, what are your impressions of the first full season of the Free Jacks in 2021? To be honest, it was my it was my first take with them. And I didn't know what the new coach coming in and a whole new players. And I think, to be honest, I think it was a great stepping stone and a great foundation. And just walking in from that to this right now, you can see the progress and the evolution. And you can see it by the way we're playing this year, that there's been a step up. And it's last year we were great. I thought um, Mardo ran a great – I thought he was one of one of my favorite coaches, actually, that I've had so far. Mm -hmm. And his, his mind was different. I would pick his mind a lot. And he was just great to talk and talk with. And I think he ran a great ship. But now I think that the Free Jacks built on what he what he was here for and the foundation that he used. And I think that the new code like Scott and Mike are picking up on it perfectly and hitting it at stride. And I think that's why, you know, we took a tough game to L.A., but we were we could get better and we are going to get better. Yeah, man, this team looks like they've improved for sure um, from last year. I mean, the record speaks for itself and you go toe to toe against L.A. at L.A. and almost walk out of there with a win. So this team has definitely improved. They've evolved. Uh, I guess is another way to describe it. But tell us your favorite moment overall as a free jack from the time you were drafted until now. What's been your favorite moment? My favorite moment was after that New York win at home, the rain. Uh, I remember it was to bring us close enough to try to make it to playoffs. Yeah. And to, it was just a crazy moment just because um, I remember we scored, everybody was cheering. It's just great. We even had people in the stands. The, if it, no one knows that the game was delayed probably four hours because of rain and thunder. Yeah. And we still had fans in the stands and they were celebrating. It was just, it was a great day. It was a great win. And I remember we, we partied hard after that, that night, because it was just, it was a state when we hit New York. Yeah, I was one of the nutcases that was there, uh, JJ, uh, that stayed for the entire game and, and what a win it was. And at the end there, when we, we uh, scored that last try to put the nail in the coffin for New York, uh, you know, a couple of us just embraced and jumped up and down in a circle. So it was just a lot of fun. It was definitely worth the wait to see us beat New York on home, home soil here. Uh, my last yeah. question to you um, from here is who has the best hair on the team, in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to have to say Eagle because he was my roommate, but I would think the person that would take second would be Regan 
but he's also okay. my roommate right now. But I love his, I love Regan's mullet too. I would have to say, Igor has to take first though. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm putting Cam. Cam. Cam's going second. Cam's mullet is a pretty nasty mullet. So I go Igor then Cam. That's so that's mine. Three different versions of a mullet right there. One, two, and three. Gold, silver, and bronze. I love that. Uh, so I'll let Dave take over from here. I appreciate your time, and you'll be hearing from me here shortly. Regan's got the like dirt bag mullet going, you know, it's like the guy yeah. where you're like, mm, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna go to the other, other direction. Um, <clears throat> you, so you talked already a little bit about being a multi-sport athlete before you went to life university, you played basketball, you played football, you ran track and field as well, I believe. Right. So what were your track and field events and how did playing those other sports prepare you to be, you know, where you are now as a professional rugby player? Yeah, during track, I I was running the 100 for a little bit, but then I wanted to start focusing on getting bigger. So then I started doing shot put and discus, and I think that really helped me because um, that's all about movement and being able to move your body. And, you know, that's how if you could put more force into it, but it won't help if you, you know, if you get the movements down that like the small details, then that's where all the power comes in. So I think that really helped me because I was able to get bigger. I was able to understand my body more. I worked more on my hips and the explosion in my hips. And I really think that that's kind of a tool for me now. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Um, when you did get to life university, you had a lot of success, both personally and with the team that you talked about. Um, collegiate all-american selections in 15s and sevens you won national titles plural um that kind of success takes a lot of different pieces right it's not one thing so at life what's one thing on the field and one thing off the field that really helped contribute to that success that you you enjoyed there i would say on the field, it was our coaches. Our coaches really demanded excellence from us. I mean, from Scott Lawrence being there, who I thought was a great defensive coach and was the head coach for our BATL, to Colton, they Carriage, uh, they just um, what they ran us through. That that was a professional environment. That was a professional environment at a young age when players are developing, and I pretty much think that that's what I needed because it actually helped me build discipline. And we practice more than we practice here at the Free Jacks. Which, which makes a statement because we're yeah. practicing every day of the week versus at the free jacks where we get a, like a day off and then, you know, some days are lighter. Like there, it was all business every day of the week. Wednesdays was a skill day, but you still have to show up and you couldn't just go mess around. So I think that was it. And off the field, I think it was the, the boys, the culture. We had a great team culture and it's, and I believe team culture is built around that. And if you have a great team culture, then you learn to trust players. And I think that comes back to the field because now, you know, I've been around you. I'm easy with you. I kind of understand you more. It kind of it reflects in the game and how you play with people. Awesome. I love it. Coaching and culture, how to build, how to build success. Um, you declared for the draft. You were drafted in the first round, sixth overall pick, the very first New England Free Jack draftee. Was declaring, was going for the draft a hard decision or was it a no-brainer? Were you like, how did you, how did you make that decision? So I wanted to play in the MLR. I always did. It was a hard decision because I didn't want to leave Atlanta at the time. I was, I, I've been in Atlanta for four years. I had all my friends were still there, but, um, it, but that made it a no brainer because I had actually a sit down with Colton Carriaga and I was talking to him and I was just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it. But he's like, this is your only way into the MLR. And then he kind of put it this way. He says like, 
you learned a new system here, you should go somewhere else and get out your comfort zone and learn a whole nother system and build onto that knowledge because that just makes you a great rugby player. And I, I think that's what spoke to me the most because like Marto had one system. Um, Scott now has another system. Like you see how different coaches play, you see their mythologies. And I think that's what really develops you as a rugby player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now the fun questions. Uh, pre-match, you know, match day, uh, you got to get ready to compete. What are you going to eat and what's on your playlist? Mm. To be honest, I don't eat. If it's a late game, I'll eat, but I don't usually eat before match days. Oh, I've never felt so vindicated. I never in my like playing – maybe I could like choke down a protein shake before like a 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock kickoff, but I was always – just like running on nerves and raw energy. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's that, that, that mongrel, it really brings a, a hunger out of you. And like, it's a fight. It really puts me in like fight or flight mode. And that's what turns me to the next level. I think that that's what I really love. Um, in terms of playlists, I like to listen, like I start off slowly. So I'll listen to like, I don't know, I'll probably listen to some like gospel first and then i'll probably wrap it up with like some it's like r&b and then like right before the game like when we're after we have our team meetings that we actually go heading to the field because we start we start our days at around 11 o'clock even if it's like a five o'clock game yeah. uh, so we usually meet up at the hotel and sit and have meetings and stuff but it's on the way to the field when i start cranking up my rap and i really get in the rhythm some hard beats you know something that gets me going um so that's like dreams and nightmares by meek mill um, like, uh, wicked. I was listening to wicked wish by Nando stuff like that. King Vaughn. I don't know. Like the real hard rap gets me going. Love it. Um, what is your favorite away game in MLR? If you're going on the road, you know, schedules coming out for next season. What's the away match that you're like crossing your fingers. I want to go there. Atlanta. It always has to be Atlanta to go play. That's to be, I have so many friends that still live there. I still feel like that would be a home game to me. So that's why I love going there because it. I had last time I went, I had probably 20 people that are from Atlanta cheering for the free Jacks because I played. So it's like, it's just a home game. I still feel the atmosphere for me. That's excellent. You probably get to see a lot of life guys around the league as you travel around. I mean, there's such a strong feeder club, obviously Atlanta, you know, predominantly, but uh, the program there is just so successful that is, there's, you know, and, and, as, and as years go on, just more and more familiar faces, I, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I like the whole, I basically know a lot of the Atlanta boys, but all around, like there's about, there's four or five people that went to life that are at NOLA right now. I know the person that got drafted to old glory was a life player. I think every team has at least one life player had one life player in it. So it's, it's great. You know, it's a big, it's a big network. It's a big family. Awesome. All right. Last question. You're throwing a party. You're in charge. You got to pick who on the team is doing what? So who's in charge of food? Who's working the bar? Who are you putting on security at the door? Who's going to, you know, handle the problems? And who is the DJ? All right. So I know who's going to handle the problems. Peter, Peter Johnson will handle the problems because he takes no shit. He will, if, you, if you give him lip, he's, he's throwing you out right there. Ooh, the music, the DJ, I'm going to tell you, it has to be, even though I hate to say it, it would have to be Joe because Joe plays, Joe Johnston plays a good array of music that gets people going and it'll get the party jumping. Um, for the drinks, oof, that's going to be a tough one. I would have to say, 
I would have to say walks only because walks drank Henny with me that one time. So I know he'll bring the Henny to the party. And then, um, what was the last one for food? Ooh. Food. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's in charge of dinner? I would say Kyle. Kyle whips up a mean feast. He whips up a mean feast. Love it. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good party crew. Yeah, no, it's, I, those are really all the partiers. So it's, it's, it's great to have them all at one party. Excellent. That's it for me. I know Phil has a few more uh, questions for you. Thank you so much. This has been a, a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, JJ, take us back to the your draft day. What was that day like? And how did you find out that you were joining the Free Jacks? And, you know, just give us an idea, a rundown of your emotions at that point. So I remember the day of draft day. Like, I didn't know where I was going to go. I talked to Nola, who had the second pick, I believe, at the time. I've talked to Utah that had the fourth pick at the time. And then the last, the day before the draft, TK, Tom, called me. And he was like, hey, like, you know, like, we'd love to have you in New England. You're probably going to go before us. But, you know, if we do, like, we'll gladly have you. So I was just like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that would be great. Like, I I don't know. I just talked to these two teams. I, I, if I'll go wherever I need to. And then it was kind of like after the second one went, I was kind of like, I was kind of shook. I was like, Oh, but I'll, I'll say leading up to it, leading up to it. I was pretty, I was pretty set. I was like, Oh, no worries. Like, you know, that play, that, that mentality, but I was just like, all right, second or fifth, I have to go or second or fifth. Yeah. I was like, I have to go second or fifth or fourth. And then I, the second one went and I was like, Oh, and then my heart dropped. And then the Utah went and I was just like, oh, shoot, like, I don't know if I'm getting drafted. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and the Free Jacks didn't even pop in my head because they called me yesterday, the day before. So I was like, oh, they were probably just calling me to dot their I's, cross their T's. And then when they when they picked me, I was actually excited because Mitch Wilson plays there. And Mitch Wilson was one of my best friends in college. Right. So I was like, yo, this is dope. I get to go back to play with Mitch again. And I heard so much about Boston. So I was like, oh, I get to see the city. I get to experience snow for the first time. I wasn't too thrilled about it, but it was a thought yeah. that went behind my head. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I know you have this phrase, and I kind of want to understand the origin of it. You call everybody your son. What my is son. all that about? That? Uh, so when I was basically when I was in at Life University, it was like whenever somebody like if somebody like helped you or did something for you, like that's Unc, that's your son. So that's how we that's how we you know just to show yeah. like love so it's like oh like i take care of you like you good like you, you rock with me like you're my son gotcha. so that's why it's like kale is my son dougie right. five is my son <laughs> harry barlow is my son i claim three people dougie five was yeah dougie five is my my star child but then kale was kale was my first my first my first one that got away <laughs> hilarious yeah we wish kale the best you know obviously him being traded over to dallas he's a friend of the show so best of luck to him in the future with uh dallas so last thing we got here is one word association so i'm going to say one word or two words the first thing that pops in your mind just let me know what that is just throw it back at me okay okay new england free jacks rugby me <laughs> life university winners yeah california sunsets or sunny mitch wilson a dog <laughs> final one here is jack's rangers this little show here that's rangers great people great thank you show. man appreciate great you. people great show this has been i really fantastic. appreciate everything that you guys yeah i appreciate everything you guys do 
you guys really drive like all the boys do too we talk about you guys we love the like my favorite thing is the little emoji post that you guys the little memes <laughs> yeah, yeah like i think that's great i think that's hilarious like i i show i send it to my friends whenever we're <laughs> like the live people that we play against i send that to them i was like this nice. is happening nice love that so, yeah man. really do appreciate, yeah, appreciate it. it thank you jj we appreciate you very much you've been very generous with your time we say one word to get out of here i think you know what it is in three two one huzzah huzzah, Woo! huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show we've got our brother chris lind here with us bozo six bozo how the hell are you i'm doing good are y'all ready for my i'm gonna gloat and then i'm gonna get to my bozo picks Okay. This week's tough. Be- this week's tough. We'll react last for last week though. Yeah. For round yeah, yeah. five. So that's what we're going to do first here is we're going to do the uh, rapid reaction. So I've got my screen share going on right now. Can you see what we got? in front oh, yeah. of here? All right. Take it away. What you got? All right. So, you know, starting off the week there up in Seattle, I was down and one right away and I was so mad because I, I didn't think there was no way that Nola Gold were going to go up to Seattle after going 0-3 at home and win one. What a gritty performance. Um, they played really good. I mean, despite letting in some tries, they I thought they played really good defense and contained Seattle. This was the only other match other than the Free Jacks that I watched start to finish in. Oh, man, was I mad. I was <laughs> mad. I was I was fuming. If I, I don't like Nola anymore. You I used to like, think they were okay, yeah. but now I just dislike them a lot i don't think anybody picked them even themselves would have said that we're going to lose that game up in seattle but wow unbelievable yeah yeah unreal and then so i started i watched a little bit of utah at at Dallas, or for i'm sorry dallas at utah Mm -hmm. and man i just turned it off because it was a bloodbath i was like man what happened you know after week one with the parody in the league where you know rugby new york the Hoboken semifinalists playing Houston so tight and then Dallas almost beating them. That's why I picked them in round four to beat Rooney. And then it just seems like the wheels are off the bus in Dallas. Yeah. Um, God help them. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's, it's a good organization, but it's tough to be, you know, I don't know what they got to do. I don't know if they're religious and, you know, maybe they got to start burning some incense or something down there. Maybe yeah. get a voodoo doll going because it's, it's brutal down and down in Dallas. We'll just leave what? it at that. One thing you did not pick up on that I'm going to have to throw out there is 69 for Utah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. I was going to stay away from it, but yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Since we're going to go there, we're going to go there. Also the highest uh, score in MLR history. Uh, yes. That's team, incredible. Believe, very, right. Very impressive from that Utah team that everybody was kind of saying is better than this, but wanting showing it on the pitch. Well, they definitely did in that game. They sacrificed Utah- Dallas. Yeah, Utah strikes me as the Toronto of the West. Mm, I love that you know? comparison. There. Yeah, great. they're dangerous. They're a dangerous team. And then, you know, obviously Atlanta or so Houston went to Atlanta, uh, tight, tight match, and, and they lost. I think, um, you know, I think Houston is a class team. I just mm-hmm. think that Atlanta, they ran into, you know, the number one team in the East. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, even though we got a little weird, we could possibly have a little weird three-way tie going up at the top uh, pretty soon here with them. But yeah, I didn't, I only caught the highlights of this one. It just looked like it was a tough battle and Hey, you're on the road. And so nod to the home team, you know? So yeah. that's what I just want to give Tammy uh, McQueen a shout out down there at Atlanta. She's running the mic there at the uh, rugby at ATL. So shout out to Tammy. She's going to be on the show very soon, uh, by the way, guys. 
Um, so next we had the Battle of the Gilchrist, uh, the Gilchrist Bowl. Yeah, the Gilchrist Bowl. And I will give them the respect they deserve. The Austin Gilgronies temporarily lifting the Jabronis moniker. Um, obviously, I picked them there at home. They're the hottest team in the league. They remain undefeated, though they were down nine nothing early in this game. Uh, so battled back 22 on un- unanswered uh, to put their guillotinis to the sword. Also thought that was very interesting. I uh, cannot pronounce his name, so I will not try, but I think he was a backs coach, 42 years old, mm-hmm. getting out there yep. and playing for the guillotinis. Uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Extremely pretty impressive. impressive stuff. Good for him. And I'm still calling them the Jabronis. I don't care how good they are. They're still the Jabronis <laughs> to me, brother. They're they're the best team in the league right now. They are. Best they team. are. Yep. They are. We'll skip, we'll skip this next one. We'll, we'll go to because we'll, we'll we'll do ourselves last. Okay. Uh, San Diego, you know, beating down old glory. I watched this one um through the first half. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than this. Old Glory, you know, showed some grit, hung in there. Um, you know, this just the only thing I'll say about this match is. This is obviously expected old glories coming across the country. They're winless and they're going to San Diego. Who's doing pretty well. I mean, if you picked old glory, you must've been an OGDC fan. Yeah. Um, can't wait for the toilet bowl. OGDC versus Dallas. <laughs> who's O will go. Uh, stay tuned for that one. I'll be, I'll be pretty hyped. I'm going to be watching it for sure. Perfect. And the and match then, of the weekend. Yes. The, I, you know what? I think it's the match of the weekend, not just because it's our new England free Jacks, but right. what an entertaining match. Listen, for those of you watching on the YouTube clip, you'll see that good old Bozo here has no hair. And for a little while there, I thought I was losing what little I have. You know, I thought my eyebrows were going to start to go. You know, it was uh, it was good stuff out there in New Jersey. Uh, I will say this. You know, this is a hot take. So we're playing New Jersey two more times, right, for three total. Yes. And I don't, I don't think we'll beat them two more times on the trot. I think that they'll get a dub against us. Okay. Um, it's a hot take, but they're very good. Their skills were great. Yeah. They played good defense. They had good hands. They did not quit. You know, scoring that last try was was real gritty. It got them the one point on the table to remain number two in the Eastern Conference, yep. which is very disappointing. Yep. I do think we're the better side, um, and I think that we have a lot to improve on. Um, and then once we get that done, we'll finish. But but my goodness, they're they're a very dangerous and very good team to knock them off at home. You know, I just don't see us going three and zero against them. I'd love it, but they, they, I think they're too good. The score line was a little bit more distant than I think the match, um, you know, really played out. Yeah, but, but damn, I we're agree. good. I damn, agree. we're good. Uh, they, yeah, we're good, and they're good, and we just happen to come out on top this time around. Um, you would assume that we'd win our home game against them. And we, you know, a lot of people I'm guessing, cause I know this for a fact, you know, if you look at the statistics, I think 11% of people picked us to win this game in super brew or whatever the rugby morning puts out. Um, yeah. I mean, we believed in ourselves obviously, but not a lot of other people did. So um, yeah, to go down there and beat them at their house to open up the season, their home opener, a sellout crowd. It was awesome. You know, I was there. I'll get more into that later on in the other segments, but just amazing. I had a smile on my face the entire time. It's always good to beat your biggest rival, especially at their house, to shut them up. Pretty cool. Can we get a can we get a I am the eleven percent uh, shirt for the merch store? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> or or preseason rank number thirteen. Yeah, there we go. The see, store. I like that one. I like that one. You know? Yeah, I that's don't know. What, like I said, I, you, I really enjoyed the match as well. I think the Free Jacks are obviously a better team. I think that we have a lot to improve on. And if we 
you know, if we improve in those areas, namely, I think we just played a little bit too frantic, but we're not here analyzing the match. That's for you yeah. and Dave. I just think that too frantic uh, at, at times, and we made some uncharacteristic errors, but let me tell you, man, it, New York showed their class. They're a very dangerous team mm -hmm. and they're very, they're very good. I mean, you, you alluded, alluded to this in the preview They're they're We might not like them, but we got to respect their well-built sure. team and yep. we'll be clashing hard with them again. I, I guarantee it. Yeah, it is annoying that they're so good, um, but we're better. So that's that's what's encouraging. <laughs> uh, let's move over to the schedule here for the upcoming games. And this appears to be in order. Yes, it is. Okay, so uh, take it away, yeah. my friend, with your um, week. What are we, round six? Round six. Yeah, yeah round, round six. six. All right. All what right, so I'm not going to go too far into why I think uh, each of these I've, I've watched good significant amount of MLR this year, especially the other teams I've tried to hit at least a half of, of every team. So we'll see. Uh, I think that this round was very difficult to pick. So we got a clash of number ones, Atlanta and Austin, but I'm taking the jabronis. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. I guess, we'll, yeah, yeah. you know, Austin Gil Gronies over Atlanta. I think they're playing at the, uh, in Atlanta, um, you know, and, we'll and now we got, We'll skip ours. We'll skip ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, I'll do it last. We'll, we'll, that'll be a thing. Free Jacks always review or react and, and uh, predict last. So, yes, you know, next up is is Noah uh, against the Jackals. I mean, if you had told me this, if this was two weeks ago, I might have picked Dallas to beat them. But, you know, Dallas has given up, you know, 30-plus points a game. Noah just went up to Seattle and got a gritty win. You know, Texas is a big state, and I don't think Dallas is super close. I mean, it's still a trip for them, but it's not going up to the pack Northwest. I think it's all day NOLA over Jackals. And then another intriguing matchup is Seattle against Houston. Mm -hmm. um, I like the Seawolves in this one. I don't think that they're going to be happy that they dropped uh, at home to NOLA, and so I think that they're going to be looking to get right back in, in the hunt, they say, up there in uh, Seattle, yes. And, yes. and they'll be taking down the Sabercats. And then um, – you know, we got our Hoboken RFC semifinalists hosting <laughs> San Diego. Yes, yes. Uh, listen, no Ma'ananu this past in round five for San Diego. They did have Rob Shaw. But to be honest, I've watched both teams play, and I'm taking Hoboken. They, they look strong. They look yep. tough. Uh, I, I don't think they'll fade, and they're at home. And so I think that that's also the advantage that San Diego has to take the plane trip. I do think that that has an effect in this league. Absolutely. Um, this is a big country, and it's, it's a long time to travel for some of these boys that are from England or New Zealand. They're not used to going across such a big, big space to go play. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got Utah and, and the and the Gilweenies here. Uh, this is an intriguing matchup as well. You know, both teams, I believe, are 500. Sounds right. Uh, yeah, don't really care what their records are, but I'm taking Utah to beat the Weenies uh, just because I don't like L.A. Uh, I think that Utah is riding high. You know, they they opened up with a couple L's, but they're riding a win streak right now, and I think they're going to take it over Los Angeles. And then that leaves us to the Free Jacks, their home opener against the Toronto Arrows. This is danger week, man. This team, this Toronto Arrows team, it's not that it, – just like us going to – you know, New Jersey, Toronto coming down to Quincy, Mass. It's not a long road trip. You know, they're definitely used to the cold weather. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be they'll be well acclimated, so to speak. You know, and I'm pretty sure that they'll be probably packing in the pancakes and down in the maple syrup, and they'll be ready uh, ready for us Free Jacks. Uh, but I'm still taking Free Jacks at home. It's Fort Quincy. The last time we played there, we crushed Atlanta, sent them into the playoffs limping. Um, 
I think the Free Jacks, but I think it's going to be close. Free Jacks by foe. Okay, Free Jacks by foe. I'm definitely predicting um, later on in different segments, but I think it's going to be a lot uh, larger of a margin between the two teams, especially because we're at home. But Toronto is a team that should be respected for sure. Uh, they're two and two right now, but this is one of those teams. It's just like, how are they two and two? They're so much better than this. So if they can figure it out, maybe they might be pushing for the playoffs in the future, but I just don't see them beating us at home in our home opener. No way they win at Fort Quincy. So yeah, I, I agree. But I also, I also, I'll add this finally as, for this predicting. This is an important matchup. Because we need this, we need a win over Toronto to to box them out of that top three. Mm -hmm. Just like you were saying, you've been saying it, you've been hammering it. Just get your ass in the playoffs. And realistically, we're sitting in the third spot. Yes, you're wearing the shirt, right? So we're sitting in the third spot. Um, I really think we're the best team in the East, but we just need this to box them out, right? It just it puts another L in their column, keeps keeps the points ticking over for us. Just need to box them out, and I think I think we take it. Yeah, keep the distance between four and three. That's what I want at this point. Um, you know, and then we'll climb our way to the top, you know, because we are the, I think you're right. We are the best team in the East. And we can prove that, you know, in future weeks. But this one is just establishing dominance at home as we should at Fort Quincy. We don't want to lose there the entire year. We've got a great home field advantage. We will prove that later on in the week. Uh, and before we get you out of here, I know that you went down to Disney World, the uh, magical kingdom there, one of the most magical yeah. places on earth. Did you happen to gather any magic and bring it back up here for these picks? You know, as I was at Magic Kingdom, I was rubbing the crystal balls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I asked I asked the Disney princesses what they thought. They gave me their thoughts, their expert picks, and they were all telling me free jacks by foe. Love so that. that's what I'm going with. Perfect. That's what we're sticking with. And we got to get a, a merch store drop. <laughs> all right. We got or maybe a, maybe a special one off just for me. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, 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 do a, we'll do a one order for you. That's perfect. Uh, so we got one word for everybody here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always by Outrider Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing oh better than ever, Phil. Better <laughs> than ever. How are you? Excellent, man. You know, we got that winning feeling here on a victory Monday is when we're recording this right now. Feels good to be good. I keep telling you all this, you know, you go ahead and, you know, smile and and just say we are good. And uh, because we are uh, and we proved that down there in Hoboken this weekend. First and foremost, let's talk about your uh, experience with the fam down there in New Jersey. Yeah, we uh, we got up real early Saturday morning. We you know, drove down there about three and a half, four hours um, to get to the Hoboken area, got to Jersey City, um, then had a little mix up with our tourism plans, but we were all super flexible and ended up doing an unplanned uh, day in lower Manhattan, took the Holland Tunnel over, went around Battery Park, the ferry over to Ella, uh, to Statue of Liberty, Um just a, a really fantastic fa- time. Went to the 9-11 memorial um, at the World Trade Center site. Um, just fantastic, fantastic day. And then Sunday morning, we got up. We enjoyed the sights around Hoboken and Jersey City. Got some great coffee. Two different places, the Roost and Gregory's. Um, got pastries from Carlo's Bake Shop, world famous. Watched some episodes of Cake Boss with the girls. I mean, it really was a fantastic weekend. And we topped it all off with 
little visit to the science museum there, Liberty Science Museum. Cool. And uh, one more thing. There was a rugby match at the end of that weekend, and the girls had an absolute blast. It was incredible to sit with all the guys from the 1st Regiment. Mm-hmm. Mags, the general himself. Yeah. Um, really just uh, a tremendous weekend down in the big city. Um, my family had a great time. New York were amazing hosts. Everybody I talked to was uh, loving it, you know, really good sports with the loss, and they were just happy to be playing rugby in Hoboken. Hell yeah, man. It was a good time. My girlfriend and I went down kind of similar to what you guys did on Saturday morning, stayed overnight uh, there in Jersey City, went to a vegan restaurant, maybe like half a mile down the road from our hotel. That was delicious. Um, Next day, you know, we, we tried to find a vegan place in Hoboken. We found a place, but the parking there was just absolutely atrocious. Like every single spot on the street, there was no parking garages in this particular area. So every single spot was taken. And then we would see like one, like open up or whatever. And we would notice, oh, it's like a no parking area. So that was really frustrating. But other than the, other than the parking and it just being really congested or whatever, it was an awesome time. We, we did stop. Uh, we took a picture at Carlo's Bakery, but we figured there's nothing in there for us um, <laughs> yeah. as vegans. So yeah, we, we, um, we took a picture, uh, did the photo off there, but um Really enjoyed um, the match day experience there in Hoboken. I was pleasantly surprised at how nice the actual stadium itself is. You get a great view of the skyline of New York City there. Um, It was really good. I mean, no alcohol, which is a big time bummer. And I think that kind of played into the atmosphere. I will say this, you know, we want to rib on them a little bit. The the atmosphere there, other than the scoring opportunities that New Jersey had, it was like a morgue other than the free reg, uh, the first regiment, um, you know, doing our chants and stuff like that. We definitely showed up the New Jersey fans in that sense. But uh, overall, a fantastic time, obviously. You know, getting the win against our biggest rival is so, so sweet. Um, I just had this huge smile on my face throughout the entire afterwards, like even driving back that four and a half hours went by pretty dang quick compared to if we had lost that game, that would have been a rough ride home. Yeah, I was making the same comment to my wife, Becky. I just kept saying, ah. I'm so glad that we won. And this is like a really fun four hour drive back home. Yep, for sure, man. Yeah, and, and Mags being there, I hope that general nickname that we've bestowed upon him actually sticks because he is the general as the CEO and co-founder and owner of the Free Jacks, a part owner rather. Um, and it was so cool. I mean, he definitely could have pulled rank and been like, okay, I'm just going to uh, you know, marauder the sideline uh, with my press pass or whatever. But no, guys, he was there in the thick of it with the 1st Regiment the entire game, taking selfies, you know, doing our chants cheering for our team it's just exactly what you would want from a leader and that's exactly what he is a true leader um and by the way like i guess i didn't really register this last year when i would see him you know briefly in passing at the games dude is an absolute unit like he's my height and built jack like i was just like what? But, but then you you forget to realize because, you know, he's such a genius that he actually played a little bit of rugby, you know, oh, just a fi- little bit, just a little 15s bit. Yeah. And sevens capped USA Eagle. But, you know, I could gush about uh, Max all day, but we do have yeah. to talk about the highlights of the game. So let me jump into that. Um, if the folks did see it online, we had Josh Larson in the post game, a little uh, quick 13 second uh, clip there. And I'm bringing this up uh, right now at the beginning because he mentioned that he felt like the Jacks got off to a slow start. 
and his message to the Rangers out there. So what I wrote down is New Jersey was backed up deep into their own 22 to start this game. They did a really nice box kick that was caught by New Jersey, an impressive um, gain line busting run, which they did quite a bit in this game. Now, our defense throughout the game did adjust and stop a lot of this stuff. But in this particular instance, you know, basically what happened was is they charged down the field. This was seven minutes into the game. Sam Windsor, who was talking to the Free Jacks about a possible contract with us, but instead went to New Jersey. He's the the 10 that kicked the ball cross field, uh, delivering an amazing uh, kick to the winger, Andrew Coe, who's a sevens, uh, Canada seven star. The conversion is good on that try. So uh, New Jersey with first blood, essentially. That's what Joe Lar- uh, uh, Joe Larson, uh, John Larson. Uh, what the hell am I talking about? Josh, Josh. Larson <laughs> was talking about. Um, I've had a beer before this. Everybody, you know, just throw that out there. Um, our Jacks responded well, though, with Slade McDowell rumbling in at the 10 minute mark. Um, conversion by Waka is good. That's going to be kind of a theme that we have here throughout this episode. Seven to seven, 11 minutes in. So with, you know, two tries back and forth, what was your first impressions of those? Yeah. um, It was very loose. I felt like the kind of uh, breakdown situation was a, a little bit, especially early in the game, really just kind of let the boys play. Uh, and so that ended up meaning there were a lot of turnovers throughout the game. Um, and it made, especially at the beginning, kind of hard to kind of hard to parse what we were seeing and, and, and how well the teams are going to perform. Um, it was a uh, really nice line that Slade ran to score that first try. Yep. And that was very reassuring to see us get in and get up on the board. For sure. Um, and uh, he's been working hard all season. Great to see him get one. Sneaky good player, man. What a yeah. great transaction. I don't think that's his first try. I think he's had I think he's had others. I didn't mean didn't mean to imply that we've been waiting on him. No, um, not but, at uh, all. Yeah, really good, really good way to start the match off for us. Absolutely. So um Stan the man Van Vandenhoven uh, finds himself off his feet at the breakdown, which allows New Jersey to take the lead off of Sam Windsor's boot. So this was 10 to seven. I think that was 16 minutes in is what I wrote down here. Um, So 21 minutes gone, the Jacks find themselves deep in New Jersey territory, a great scum, a scrum, excuse me, from New Jersey. uh, But the Jacks were able to quickly get the ball back um, enough to allow old JP um, to score a sneaky one. Conversion is good. Uh, it's basically like a seesaw back and forth here in Hoboken, which, you know, as a spectator, as a neutral, if you're watching it on television, it's exactly what you want. You want to see a game that's not like a runaway game um, where somebody's getting their butt kicked royally. Uh, but for us there at the stadium, it was great to watch, but I was getting a little nervy. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, it was um, it was tight. And with the number of penalties from both teams, it really felt like a match where anything could happen for much of the first half. Um, And I think that I would guess that that's a little bit what Josh Larson was talking about, saying they came out slow in the first half. They weren't as crisp as they expect themselves to be. Right. Um, And they were just not generating as many points as we uh, have seen them in some other situations. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it definitely felt like, you know, you had just, on a knife's edge there for a lot of the first half 
two teams who both are really good at capitalizing on turnovers, line breaks. I'd say, you know, we, we really focus on those turnovers and New York with the kind of support play that they bring, you know, when you see them break the line, you'll see four guys swarm whoever breaks the line and just provide those offload options that really stress your scramble defense. Mm -hmm. So uh, both teams have that really high uh, potent scoring potential that made it a very tense, very tense rugby match. For sure. So uh, 35 minutes in the Jacks are attacking, but a good old fashioned ball strip, uh, by New Jersey's Ben Bonasso, who's a great player, um, leads to a great offload try by this man once again, uh, Canadian seven-star Andrew Coe, his second of the game. Conversion is no good by um, old Sam Windsor. That brought us to halftime, was hoping that the Jacks would be able to score because, you know, we love to see them score right before the half and then score right after the half. That's the Patriot way, right? <laughs> uh, we're used to that here in New England. But unfortunately, um, uh, New Jersey, you know, didn't didn't follow that script at all, unfortunately, there. But um, overall, um, first half thoughts of the game. Um, yeah, I uh, most of what I just said, I, I guess, uh, I don't want to repeat myself too much um but really um really tense and i felt like i was waiting at at every moment for one team or the other even though it wasn't that high scoring it was you know just two tries a piece going into the half i felt like i spent the whole first half waiting on one team or the other to score yeah, it was just it's, back and forth nature of, you know, you score, we score, you score, we score. For sure. Extremely compelling rugby to watch. I never wanted to look at my phone at any point while the play was going on. And, you know, it was extremely physical. I don't know if the broadcast was able to convey that, but boy, I mean, they were throwing shoulders, Jack. I mean, like, and you expect that from a rivalry game. I'm so glad that, you know, the organizations and the, the local boys that play for each one of these teams have instilled this idea that like this is extremely important to this area and these fans that watch this. Um, it, it really felt like it was it, it's almost like a playoff game type of atmosphere where, you know, they don't want to make a mistake and they're really putting it all out there on the pitch like there's no tomorrow, essentially. And that's exactly what you want from that rivalry atmosphere and, and game. Um, so out of the break there out of halftime right out of the gate in the second half New Jersey looked red hot but Waka doused water on them with a well uh, timed interception try that stunned the crowd this is an auto 7 situation so it's 21-15 right out of the sheds 41 minutes in so perfect start for the free jacks it kind of reestablishes us as the momentum gatherers, I guess, is a good way to put it. But again, this was like a seesaw game. So what happened next is New Jersey responds immediately uh, with a line break in an overload situation where James O'Connor end-to-end action, scores a try, conversion is good. New Jersey uh, takes the lead 22 to 21, 44 minutes gone. Okay, so uh, I will go back to real quick, you know, my my impressions at halftime were, yes, we're in this game, but I felt like we we had some missed opportunities and we're really going to see that here in the second half as I'm reading through this missed opportunity after missed opportunity. I had a scowl on my face at halftime, but, you know, um, at this point, our Jacks 
have multiple opportunities to punch in a try by line out to mall try a la Dal uh, Dylan Fawcett, which is, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, we understand what you guys do well. Watch us try to do what you do well because we're just going to be a pain in your ass because we're our, you know, we're your biggest rivals. So we're just going to try to do what you do. And if we are successful, we're going to going to rub it in your face a little bit. But um, as fate would have it, New Jersey really defended well. I guess when you're a, a team that does this so well, I guess you get used to defending it well as well. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Dave? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. I think part of it is just like skill set. Body shape is is a skill, you know, and getting in there with that really good, solid um, shape, you know, like you're about three quarters of the way through finishing a squat. You Like when a squat starts to feel like, oh, actually, I'm going to finish. This is easy. This is right. easy. That's kind of the the position you want to be in in any of those situations scrums rucks uh malls um and you know getting into that shape is a skill and it's a skill new york has they have really good forwards who can really get in and push and i think that's a, a lot of what it is they're good at defending the mall they are good at mauling themselves as you said you know just their their tactics are sound their mechanics are good um and they really did bring a very solid mall defense i think our line out was actually really good. Our execution was was pretty clean. Our scrums were very good, uh, and it was their it was their mall defense specifically that kept our line out from standing out more. I think we have a couple. We would have had a couple more tries had their defense not been so tight yep. when we were kicking down into the corner. So credit to them. I think it's probably the area of the game that they played the best. Yes. Um, and uh, you could you could really tell it slowed us down a little bit, not enough, but noticeably. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about this, obviously, it's frustrating to see the missed opportunities with, with the ability to score and we're not finishing. I mean, this this could have got out of hand if you if you think that if every t single attempt that we had to score there, if we had done it, it would have been a complete blowout. Uh, but unfortunately, that was not the case. But um, one thing to keep in mind is that we were in New Jersey's territory with the lead for a long period in that second half. And that's exactly what you want, right? If you're beating a team that is very good, starve them of the ball in territory. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That way, if Ed Fido rips out a 50-meter run, you know, he hasn't scored. Right. You know, it's yep. funny, but it really is valuable. Um, yeah. You know, that's the that was my key to the game last week. And that's why that's right. you can't you can't let those guys be in that danger zone um, against a team like New York. Your red zone, your red zone is pretty big, right? Mm -hmm. It's not you're not talking about 20 yards. You're talking about, you know, a whole half of the field. And you really got to really got to try to keep things down in New York real estate. Our defense um, they did was, a great job. Yeah, our defense was relentless once again extremely physical and you know there was times where it was terrifying to watch as new jersey would get past our gain line and look like they were just off to the races but our defense reorganized so well with you know they were making tackles when they needed to to avoid uh you know tries long uh, run tries and i think it just says so much about this team that this year we look so much better on defense where last year some of those would have went in for tries no doubt yeah. in my mind Absolutely. Um, I agree. Yep. Um, they, they look good on that scramble defense. Uh, no big, no big fins on the wing. Like we saw New York doing in previous games, you know, yep. where those one-on-one -on -one tackle situations, they just bust through. Um, 
our scrum was very good. We took four scrums off of New York. They lost four of their scrums mm-hmm. between free kicks and penalties. And um, it was really, really excellent to see. Um, we also stole two of their lineouts. So pretty good, pretty solid uh, performance around the set piece Perfect. Um, for the free jacks. I was very pleased with that. Um, moving right along here, Waka kicked a penalty through the uprights at 56 minutes in, making the score 24 to 22. So you know that's when we're taking the lead at that point. This was after a couple missed opportunities to score um, five or seven. So we just you know said, okay, we'll take the lead here with three points. There, that's exactly what happened. Thankfully, after being camped at in New Jersey's 22, the Jacks are able to finally. Uh, score with a Joe Johnston overpowering um, the New Jersey line of defense there. Let's see here. Tied on the try line. So basically they were right there backed up on their line. And yeah. if you look at the replay um, from the highlights or just the game itself, you know, Joe, you know, he's pushing forward. He gets that initial contact and he just kind of like almost um, accordions his body and then like projects out. And yep. he gets that over the line. So it was very, very uh, masterful by him. So yeah. conversion. Like a pair of scissors opening up, you know, just getting that exactly. space yeah. uh, to get the ball out. There's a reason they call him the mechanic because He's got that all those was, tools. you yep. know, that was picture, picture perfect. Exactly what you need to do in that situation. He gets lower than, I think it was Nate Brakely. Um, he gets lower than the uh, defender there on the line. It's, you know, essentially a one on one situation. Because what you're really talking about is body position and, and right. height going into the contact. There's a couple of other New York guys around, but they they're not they don't really factor in that much. Yeah. Um, he hits that. He extends um, from underneath Brakely, and uh, he gets the ball down. And it's a really really good try. I mean, textbook. That's what you want to coach guys to do in that situation. That's what uh, makes it really really difficult to stop a powerful forward from scoring. Absolutely. I uh, felt like that was kind of the nail in the coffin for New Jersey. They would, they'd been defending so long in their own, you know, within their 22. Um, and with that score, it kind of took the wind out of their sails quite a bit. But Waka was not done, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Bowden or Bodine, however you want to pronounce it, um, was not done. Um, some sweet feet moves in what previously seemed like a forward-dominating possession play to run out the clock, right? Um he converts his own try. He scores again. So that's two um, for this week as well. 38-22. Now New Jersey is dead in the water, you would think, right? But here's what happens. And Mag says it. He's in the crowd. He's about two or three people over from me. Yeah, you spent uh, the whole game with it. I was I was hanging out with Doc from the first regiment. Yes, a couple other yes. guys, Finland Smith and a few people. Nick Block was there between us. There were a lot of folks. But you, you had the general... The general's ear. You're like uh, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton over there, secretary to the general, you know? Yeah, not a big fan of Alexander Hamilton, but I understand why you would make that <laughs> comparison. Um, let me see here. Um, so what happens was, is, you know, we get the ball stolen off of us, you know, a turnover. It's dead time at this point. I think it's 82 minutes in. Um, allowing New Jersey to score a garbage time, but bonus point victory to end the game. Um, elation for the, uh, the 30-ish Rangers in attendance. And... I, you know, 
But let me talk real quickly about what Mags did very astutely. He's like, oh, no, the bonus point when they score that try, because otherwise, like, who cares? In my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, they get a bonus. They get a, um, a garbage time try. It doesn't matter to the score. But Mr. General over there is, you know, already thinking about what's actually taking place. And he's saying, oh, they got a, got a bonus point. So I didn't think about that at the time, but I'm so glad that he mentioned that because I would have forgotten about it. Um, yeah, but uh, yes, so 30-ish Rangers in attendance. So I don't think I've ever explained this on this particular little show here, but I have on the Scrum of the Earth podcast. When I refer to Rangers, I'm not talking about the Jacks Rangers show. I refer to all of the Free Jacks fans as Rangers. And the reason I do that is because what else are we – Free Jackers, like, you know, I, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I, I like the idea of us all being called Rangers as a fan base. We don't have to do that, but I continue to, to say that. But anyway, I'd say, um, I'd say let's, let's rock it out until we get a cease and desist, you know, <laughs> we're good. We're good to Not go. No, I think it's, I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good nickname. You know, I agree that there's, um, uh, you know, no, no collective noun for us as it stands so yeah. rangers is it thank you for um backing the- i've had guys i've had one beer a uh, cider excuse me and i am feeling <laughs> it right now if you guys can see this video my face is red <laughs> so, you're just yeah. riding you know the high from the weekend that or- must be it yeah 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 it mixing in the alcohol with the optimism is really what's uh is taking me over the edge here yeah, it feels good to be good, man. Uh, I'm going to continue to say it until we start losing a bunch of games, which I'm hoping doesn't happen this year. But uh, it was so much fun to interact with all of the hardcores that were there, like yourself and your family, myself and my girlfriend, Doc, Nick. I mean, you can go on and on with these people that showed up and showed truly showed out for the yeah. Free Jacks. I mean, as you were saying, you watched the entire um, replay of the game, and you were saying that you could you could hear us like we were so loud. Uh, yeah, yeah, we really were audible. I didn't catch any of the huzzas. I think probably they had dropped the field mics and you know, because the announcers are talking at that point. So like yeah. the producers are dropping down the field audio so they get a clean, clean sound from the guys analyzing it. Because uh, I did hear other stuff that I know was not as loud as the huzzahing. Because we had everybody going. Um, good old tradition of a huzzah for each try cumulatively. So we had a one huzzah for the first try, two, and we made it all the way up to five. Um, really a, a lot of fun, and it was great. Tons of volume, and I cannot wait to see what it's going to be like at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Speaking of which, uh, let's get into the Toronto preview here in a few moments. Actually, let's go over the MVP. Actually, yeah. we'll go over musket size pants tent. We're really off the rails here. Uh, this was a tough one because there were so many good players on this New Jersey squad, right? I mean, they're just full of talent. Uh, I'm going to give this one to a local kid born and raised in Massachusetts and went to Dartmouth College. Nate Brakeley should be a free jack but yet he is the captain of New Jersey and it's annoying and it doesn't seem right. He's a great player and gosh, darn it. I wish he was a free Jack. So he is my musket size pants 10 of the week. I will let you go first with your MVP because you do not know what mine is. You were assume you were guessing I that did. I would have a specific, specific person, but it's not who you think. I it did. Would be. I made a guess and you yes. said no. So I'm going to go ahead and go. I'll run with mine. I'm my man of the match this week is big josh larson okay he had a really good game 
Uh, I already talked about our performance in the set piece. I thought it was really good. Um, I really like our four man, five man lineout that we're running that as far as I have seen, he's calling, you know, those plays coming in. Um, he's doing a great job there. Team came out even better in the second half. Uh, a lot of that is credit to leadership, him, the coaches as well, obviously, but, uh, Larson's the leader on the field. Um, he threw his size around. He had a couple big, really good runs and, uh, and right in front of the fans, which is always, you know, good for bonus points down in our end of the half. He seemed to just keep trucking guys. Um, and he played a full 80, always hard in the tight five, only tight five player to play all 80 minutes. Um, and yeah, he, as he said, was pleased as punch with the team's performance. And mm -hmm. I was pleased as punch with his performance as captain, my man of the match, Josh Larson, number four. It's a great pick. Um, I think everybody is assuming at this point that I'm going to pick our boy, <laughs> Bodine Walker. Bodine Walker, Yeah. Um, in fact, I wrote down a little bit of part here that I have not read yet. It says, Bodine Walker is more than deserving of this award. He is the best <laughs> player in the league and maybe one of the best informed tens in the world right now. I have picked him two out of three games before this, but not today, ladies and gentlemen. My sneaky MVP pick, MVP pick for this game comes from Doug from DJ Coil Rugby, who was sitting beside of me throughout the entire game and beside of Mags on the other end there, uh, who mentioned this when talking to me post-game. The little magician, John Poland, bagged himself a try and helped pin New Jersey back in the second half with great, and I do mean great, clearance box kicks. Uh, his passing is so crisp as a number nine, you know, <clears throat> those positions can be, you know, it can be eye centering because if you make a bad pass as a number nine, everybody jumps on your case because that is your job to distribute the ball. We never have to say that for John Poland. And that was true again in this game. He is not flashy by any means whatsoever. You barely hear the man talk at any interview or any type of like thing that's going on, some type of video. He's just, you know, qu qu just silent in the background. Um, he just quietly gets the job done. And I know that Ted Black, who is probably going to be listening to this, I'm sure, <laughs> is jumping up and down uncontrollably right now and just, you know, raising his fist in the air because he always agrees that John Poland is the MVP of every single game. Uh, so I'm going to agree with him this time around and say that John Poland is well-deserving of the MVP for this game. And everybody's going to be like, how dare you snub our boy, B.W.? But, you know, he can't win it every week, guys. can't win it every week. That's true. He did put in a hell of a performance. Um, you could uh, you could make the argument it, it, almost any week, and we have almost every week, every week except this week. I mean. Um, so he, he has been a fantastic player, really well-deserving of the February yes. uh, player of the league. Uh, I can't remember if that had happened before we filmed our last episode. So. Yeah. Where if we didn't mention it then, then, you know, Phil mentioned it a minute ago and, uh, you know, it, it, he really deserves that. I believe Bowden is the um, top point scorer in the league after this week's results. I, I've been keeping an eye out for the stat. I haven't seen it yet, but considering how many points he scored down in Hoboken, he should, if my memory is right, of how they stood before this weekend. I think Bowden is the... Uh, 
top point scorer. And as far as his name's pronounced, I think it's Bowden. Yeah. But if you're screaming Bowden and you're from, you know, you're from down south, Bowden. Bowden. I mean, that just, that's yeah. a must. It, yeah, it's it's a nice little play on that for sure. Um, and you know, he's still leading the way and by a large margin as our overall MVP of the entire season, which I picked him for just everybody out there. That's um, true. That's true. Let me see here. So we've talked about MVP. Now let's move on to the Toronto preview. Um, Toronto comes into town. We don't really know what to make of this Toronto outfit. I figured this team would be bouncing back in a big way since they're now practicing and playing in their homeland of Canada in the preseason, I expected the Jacks and New Jersey to be in the top three of the Eastern Conference with Toronto in the mix right there with us. I expected a drop off of Atlanta with their late coaching departure, and that seemed to have been wishful thinking on my part, unfortunately. Some weeks Toronto looks good and some weeks they look bad. This is a classic two and two team that doesn't seem to have figured themselves out yet. And I just can't put my finger on what the issue is. They sit in fourth place right now below our free jacks with nine points and a point differential of minus three, nine tries scored and 11 tries given up. Dave, what do you make of this Toronto team? Phil, I don't think they're that good. Oh, Um, I think that they came in and they put up a pretty good performance against D.C., beat them five to twenty nine. But that was week one when D.C. stunk real bad. And now we kind of know they stink. We didn't know they stank back then. Um, That's a stink, a stank and a stunk for anybody following. (laughs) Uh, So they beat them by what? Twenty five points, twenty four points, five to twenty nine. DC didn't have their heavy hitters. They were waiting on a few visas to come through, um, some travel hiccups, and so they weren't they weren't even at full strength. Um, and they held Toronto to twenty nine points. Now it's the first first match of the season. Everybody's getting you know knocking the rust off a little bit. The week after that, Toronto beats Nola, who we now know are maybe they don't stink, but they're you know starting to turn. Um, not the most solid team. Twenty three twenty four, really tight match. Uh, after that, they get pushed around a little bit by L.A. Um, that might be about their best performance this season so far, considering how good you know L.A. are. But uh, they lost that by 15 points. And then they went up to Washington, and they lost by 13 points to Seattle. And I just don't think they've put in a, a really good performance yet this year. Um they had a bye week, and so they're coming off two road losses, a bye. They're back on the road. Um, they they were really hyped up in the off season. A lot of guys, I think most pundits picked them to, you know, place better than the Free Jacks. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it. I haven't been following them that close. Maybe there's something I don't know. Ray over at Ray's Rugby probably you know losing his mind if he heard me saying this about his <laughs> beloved arrows. Yes. Um, and it's not anything I see that I think is bad. I just haven't really seen a performance out of them that makes me uh, sit up and take notice. Right. Um, that to me means that the biggest danger is like sleeping on them as an opponent for a right. team competitive, you know, thinking yes. like a coach competitively, you want to be really careful not to do that. And 
I mean, frankly, I trust our coaching and player leadership not to do that. I'm not really concerned about that um, in for our team specifically. I think we're going to be well prepared for this home opener. We know that the stakes are high. There's no way they could take this match lightly, you know, when they're finally in front of their fans in Quincy mm -hmm. this Saturday. So we'll see what Toronto brings. I am really curious to get a good eye on them and see who stands out. I think they have some good athletes on that team. They just haven't really clicked super effectively yet, waiting on a few pieces to fall into place. Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be such a good game for our first home game. My only thought in the back of my mind, and I'm not really letting this get to me at all is they're coming off of a bye week so they're rest they're well rested they're well prepared for the free jacks they're going to be watching a little bit more tape i would imagine i don't really know how this stuff goes like i imagine that they get more days off than they normally would but i imagine that they also prepare more than they normally would that you just have to assume that right um, yeah i i figure i'm it's a guess you, you have an act you have a, a week of extra time essentially right so you right. could spend two any given week you're going to address things from your previous match that need to be tweaked and and, and mm -hmm. fixed and you're going to be looking forward to your next match and preparing, looking at film and, and, and you know, how does this team defend? Do they jam a certain channel? Do, you know, those kind of things where you're really preparing for the specific matchup. So in this case, they have two weeks to prepare. They're still yes. going to address things from the previous week a little bit, but they essentially are left with a week and a half instead of a half a week to sure. focus. So they are going to be watching a lot of film doing their homework and they're going to be pretty prepared for new England. So I would expect to see, and, they, and they're going to be fresh. As you mentioned, they, they are more rested. Yep. I am very hopeful. This is, I want to be clear, not information because it's a guess. I am really hopeful that we're going to see at least some, we know we're getting Douglas Fife, the Duke of Edinburgh back. The third. That's a, that's a real English. Yes. Uh, title royal title of an english guy who's the duke of edinburgh so shouldn't throw that around i guess i might make yeah. some of the british listeners mad but dougie fife is going to be back mm -hmm. i would guess we're going to finally see um jesse peretti maybe some of the guys we've been waiting on uh yeah, there's Quentin one Newcomer more seems like yes. they're hinting yes. that he's going to be back this yeah. week a yeah. little bit of social media action yeah. he's getting his calf worked on talking about how excited he is to be yeah. coming back i have to assume that means that he's going to be back friend of the um, show yeah so i think we will have some fresh reinforcements riding in over the hill yeah. uh, to help us bring this game home yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, like I said, there's stuff in the back of my mind that I'm concerned about. But overall, I feel real good about it. And that's going to be reflective in my prediction. But before we get to the prediction, let's go to key to the game. Um, mine is very simple. Um, and I think it was the first week. Yes, it was the first week. Mine was essentially the first week was let revenge fuel you. And that worked out pretty well. So I'm going to say this week is, you know, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. People are going to be real lubed up for this game because, you know, we're invoking St. Patrick's Day in the Boston area. It's going to be absolutely, woo, it's going to be electric, <laughs> baby. So um, let the Rangers fuel you, not revenge, but let the Ooh. Rangers fuel you. So um, I hope the rest of the league is going to be watching this game with, with um, you know, close attention because we're going to show the rest of the league how 
atmosphere within a rugby stadium should be. There's there's some contenders that are really good, like the Pacific Northwest does a fantastic job. Um, but we are going to be the gold standard in this league with fan atmosphere and how we can fuel our team. I believe that within my entire body. And I think we are going to be the loudest and most ruckus fans in the entire league. And that starts right now this week at Fort Quincy in the home opener against Toronto. So if we're ever down in this game, which I don't believe we are going to be, I think we're going to have the lead early and then, you know, scoring tries left and right. But if we happen to be down, all they have to do is listen to us, fuel them, and take it over the top, baby. What do you got for us? Absolutely. My uh, key to the match, I think, I agree with everything you said. We want to be um, just absolutely vicious. I don't think we have even come close to performing as well as we can as a team yet this season. Some elements have been very, very good. I'm not knocking the team at all. Mm -hmm. I just think that we're not peaking yet and, and we don't need to. We need to peak, you know, in the MLR final, right? Yes. Um, we want to peak winning that shield. So we're on the right trajectory. I think we're going to continue to get better. Um, what we what I'm really hoping to see is to start uh, to see us approaching what that team is going to look like, get a glimpse of, you know, the, uh, as they, whether they say in Star Wars, the fully operational battle station, you know, the, a little bit of fully operational battle station. So like uh, my key to the match, let's slip the dogs of war. Ooh, I like that. That's beautiful. Um, you know, who, who said this very well in the post game is um, our buddy Buzz, one of the founders of Mystic River, he said, we have not seen the best out of this team yet. And he's absolutely right. And you're echoing his sentiments for sure. Mm -hmm. We have not seen the best Free Jacks team. Now, we've seen a very good Free Jacks team that have beaten teams, um, you know, that they should have beaten. And then we've beaten teams like Hoboken, RFC, semifinalist, um, Sopranos, Dirt Packers, whatever the hell you want to call them. We beat them when we probably should not have beaten them. The experts did not say that we were going to beat them. So we have yet to see the best team. The best Free Jacks team has yet to show itself. And what a perfect opportunity that would be if they showed themselves in our home opener and just absolutely ran away with this game. So for your prediction, I'm going to let you go first, my friend. Uh, I'm predicting that Toronto, they do have some quality players. Uh, I think they're going to be able to get across the line a few times, but I think ultimately we are going to watch a revitalized uh, Free Jacks team with some reinforcements coming in, put on a spectacle, and we're going to see an 18-40 to 40 victory for the New England <laughs> Free Jacks. All right. That is awesome. So we're, we're pretty close here. Uh, in fact, we're extremely close. Let me um, exit out of the, the full screen because I've forgotten what I put down. Okay, prediction is Toronto 17, New England 45. Um, so this is one of those situations where they're going to have to pull their pants in and we're going to get a running start with a swift kick in the ass <laughs> to Toronto to open up our home campaign here in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts at Fort Quincy. This is going to be an electric, amazing time. If you're not going to be there, why the hell not? Get your ass to Fort Quincy this Saturday to celebrate our Free Jacks being home for the first time in this uh, this campaign this year. And just super excited, man. Like, bring the energy that uh, the 30 Rangers that came from the 1st Regiment all the way down to New Jersey. Let's bring that home 
and let our boys hear it loud and proud for our Free Jacks at Fort Quincy. Absolutely. Day starts at noon. I hope people get out and support the independents. Mm-hmm. Um, local rugby after that, your Charles River Rats taking on the Boston Irish Wolfhounds. Uh, I know that they're planning to honor the Wolfhounds teams from a few years ago who won several national championships. Mm. Um, and so it should be a big day. Expect to see a lot of green and orange um, for Charles River and green and white for uh, the Boston Irish Wolfhounds in the, in the stands. Uh, very fitting for St. Patrick's Day. I am incredibly excited for all three matches that we're going to have that day. Um, just a all-day rugby festival, and it is going to be a ripper. Hell yeah. Super excited. Now, for the folks that are like, well, I, I want to be a part of the chants and all of the stuff that's going to go on in the stands, there will be, confirmed by Doc, uh, who's like the founder of the 1st Regiment, there should be a meeting that takes place this week. I think on Thursday is what was mentioned. So if you're not already a member of the 1st Regiment on Facebook, there is a group specifically for that. Go ahead and join that. Um, I'm a, a admin, so I'll, I'll approve you or whatever. And just be on the lookout for meeting information, most likely likely on Zoom for that meeting so we can kind of go over what is going to take place. You know, we previewed it at New Jersey with what we want to do with in terms of um, the chance and stuff like that. So we'll really drive it home on that uh, Zoom meeting. So we're all polished up and ready to go for our first first opening um, of Fort Quincy this year. Um, Before we get out of here, I wanted to mention once again, Appreciate everybody coming out down there, all the Rangers that made the trip uh, with the 1st Regiment to New Jersey, you know, meeting, you know, hanging out with Doc again, all of those people really appreciate you coming down there. It just felt so good to be around Free Jacks fans once again, and that's going to be even greater this Saturday. Absolutely. Any closing thoughts, Dave? Uh, rugby's amazing. That's my closing <laughs> thought. What a great, what a great start to the season. I'm so psyched going into this home match. I really am looking forward to seeing the stands full of people. Oh, yeah. Um, it's such a good atmosphere. I have such, such a good time at all these home matches, you know, uh, haven't had a bad one yet. It's just something I look forward to tremendously. So I'll see you Saturday. Can't wait. Like I always say, come up and say hi. I'll, yes. I'll be the idiot running up and down the stands with the huzzah sign, tell you, tell, letting you know it's time to give some huzzahs for the boys. Hell yeah. Yeah. And don't be shy now. If you see one of us, you know, we'll take a picture with if you want to, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we're happy to, to talk with you about our free jacks. All right, Dave, um, we'll, do, uh, we'll do one word to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Got a very, very special guest this time around from the rugby wrap-up, our boy, Brian Ray. Brian, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. Good to be back in the show. I love your background. Your profile pic has never looked better as well on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's up for a debate, but a bet's a bet. (laughs) The tricorn hat is a great fashion accessory. You should definitely invest in one in real life. I I would suggest that very highly. I looked through the tickle trunk and didn't seem to have one sticking around. uh, Maybe next time. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Tell us, uh, because you've been on the show before last year, for the Rangers that weren't able to catch that episode, uh, tell us about America's Rugby News and also um, your personal and rugby background. 
Yeah, so I started playing uh, rugby in grade nine, and so high school, I guess. And uh, so that was a long, long time ago. Uh, I played for about 20 years. I was a referee for about 10 years, got up to a pretty decent level there. Um, with Amer- I've, I've been writing, I actually started writing fairly early in life when I was, I want to say 19, maybe even 18. But anyways, definitely by 19. So I've been writing for well over 20 years now as well. So um, uh, yeah, once I kind of hung up the boots from the playing routine and, uh, you know, I was still refereeing at the time, but I wanted to get back into writing. So kind of started my blog uh, for a bit, Raise Rugby. That's where my kind of Twitter handle comes from. And then got into uh, talking with a couple of the guys we decided to start america's rugby news i'd I'd written for canadian rugby news which is now defunct but uh, many years ago so we started up and now we cover uh rugby across the americas uh at the you know we kind of limited at the the elite uh, professional level international level because there's just too much rugby you can't cover it all right so so we've been doing that since uh 2015 now and you're also on the rugby wrap-up, which I'm a huge fan of. You're a frequent contributor, frequent guest there. Matt McCarthy has no idea who I am, but uh, if you ever happen to watch this, Matt, in the future, hi, I met you last week. <laughs> I'll send this one direct to him this week. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so uh, let me ask you a question, because you're a bit of an expert on Southern um, South American rugby, kind of, right? Um, how would uh, the SLAR teams, that are professional rugby teams down in uh, South America, if they were all of a sudden, let's say, annexed into MLR, where would those teams end up at the end of the year, do you think? Yeah, well, it's really different. I mean, if you look at last year, uh, you know, obviously people were probably a little bit familiar with the old Aguares team that played in Super Rugby. So yes. when they got kicked out, uh, basically all the very best guys went to Europe pretty much to be expected. That's where the money is. So the next layer of players is what kind of comprised this Aguarius 15. Um, And they kind of ran the table last year in in SIR. Um, This year, they're not quite as strong. I think we're going to see a really strong uh, Chilean team, Selknam. Of course, uh, you know, that most of that team is going to be playing against the Eagles for World Cup qualification pretty soon. So I think um, those two teams in particular, but also Peñarol, the Uruguayan team, those three teams, uh, would all be very competitive uh, in major league. I think the great, you know, great fit logistically it just doesn't work, right. but I'm sure that, you know, once we get down the line, maybe we'll see kind of a, a champions league kind of thing. Maybe, you know, the top yes. two teams from each or maybe champion champ versus champion thing. But um, yeah, uh, I would say the playing standard of, of those, the top half of, of, of SLAR uh, are very good. They would uh, be competitive in, in MLR. The top, the bottom three teams, kind of more mishmashy development kind of teams. Gotcha. They're more like a, a old glory DC type, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Or around there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there was talk of champion versus champion pre-COVID. Is that right? Yeah, there was. There certainly did some some discussion that went on there, and, and it would have been a really cool thing. But again, it, the logistics didn't quite work out. SLAR, you see, they got their their first season was pretty much completely wiped out. I think they got three games in, and the whole thing was canceled. Uh, MLR got a little bit luckier with their five rounds, so unfortunately, it didn't take place. And uh, it's just not in a place quite yet. Like there, there's six teams in SLAR. The, the the format of the season is a bit shorter. It's about two months, uh, a little bit more than two months with the playoffs in it. Whereas you know. MLR is a whole full 16 weeks plus three rounds of playoffs, right? So they're not really in the same spot right now. So I I think it's going to be, I wouldn't expect it next year either. Maybe post uh, World Cup 2023, maybe uh, something will happen there because I I would bet we're going to see a couple more teams uh, joining SLAR uh, next year, uh, probably another Argentine team and maybe another Uruguayan one. So uh, they got a little ways to go to catch up yet, but it's definitely coming in the future. 
that's super exciting, man. I'd love to go to that championship game. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I guess one of the questions would be, where would they have it? Somewhere in the middle, maybe? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, there was even discussion of maybe doing it in Mexico City, right? That would be kind of cool, a neutral venue, something like that. Um, At the end of the day, I don't think uh, that Hawaii would be really cool. Um, But I I think that's kind of a secondary thing where they're going to play the game. Just getting the making the game happen uh, would be pretty cool in itself. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, for those that don't know, you are a super fan of the Toronto Arrows. You're one of the only fans that I know of the Toronto Arrows. I say that with every like per- person that I have on here. I'm like, you're the only person that I know really know that supports the team. But um, for you, I mean, I know that you're a big Arrows fan. What is the identity of the Toronto Arrows? Arrows, who is this team? The identity. Well, what do you mean by identity? Like, uh, you know. Are they any what, good this year? Is that what you're wondering? Well, I mean, obviously we know the branding, right? The histor- uh, the history of the the actual aeroplane that they have. But I'm talking more about like, is this team gritty? Are they physical? That type of thing. What right. type of brand okay, well, do they play? I mean, obviously they're heavily comprised of Canadian players. So, uh, you know, uh, certainly a hallmark of Canadian rugby in the past has been physicality and, you know, really abrasiveness. But, you know, it's kind of been missing from Canadian rugby for a little while. And, of course, we're not going to the World Cup next year. But um, (laughs) moving past that, no, I think you are going to see uh, a pretty physical team. I mean, Mike Shepard, who hasn't been playing with the Canadian side, maybe that's an issue, is certainly uh, the captain here now, and he's very abrasive. Lucas Rumble, I'm sure MLR fans are very uh, familiar with him. He's a, he just causes a havoc at every breakdown. We got Kyle Bailey, who was Nola's captain for the past yes. couple of years. He's been a major addition, playing locker on the blind side flank, so he's had a, a lot of grit. Uh, a couple new guys in the back, um, Isaac Salmon, this new tight head prop from New Zealand, who's a really nice pickup, and this other guy, Lolani Faliva, who's an absolute monstrosity of a human being, probably coming off the bench at loose head prop, but I mean, he's ginormous, so he's fun one to watch. So uh, yeah, you're going to see a physical, it's it's maybe not, aside from Faliva, it's not the biggest pack, but they certainly get in your face. As far as the backs goes, Sam Malcolm is, is Mr. Robo Kicker at number 10. Uh, Russ Brody, uh, our scrum half, he's from South Africa, but he plays for Canada. Uh, he's quite he's quite rapid, uh, quick acceleration. we got some speedy outside backs. Gaston Mieres from, from Uruguay is really fun, whether he's in the wing or fullback. And it's really kind of figuring out our, the center combination is kind of the issue right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pretty well-rounded team and uh, really, um, you know, pretty similar style, You would, I would say, uh, to the Free Jacks. The one exception, I would say, would be Mr. Bodin Waka, who's a bit of a game changer there. Uh, I have to concede, we, we don't really have a player like that in the lineup. I mean, most teams don't, right? He's probably the best player in the league overall right now, certainly the best 10. I mean, no doubt in my mind about that. Let's talk about Toronto's first four games and what, you know, your observations of them for the first four games. Right now they're two and two, obviously. What have they done well and what have they done poorly throughout those four games, do you think? Well, I think the forwards have competed pretty well, and I, I don't think the results really reflect that the uh, kind of the parity and the success that the forwards have had, actually. And again, you know, others have mentioned that they're they're not the biggest pack, and they aren't really. Um, you know, there are some some big uh, lumpy bodies around there, but they, they tend to kind of kind of you know have an average size pack but they're just they're they're, they're gritty and they really disrupt well uh, at, at the breakdown um you know they, they they certainly make teams work hard for possession um but we just 
the arrows haven't got a lot of uh, output from their backs. Uh, Sam Malcolm had a, missed a couple games there with uh, with injury, and he came back against Nolan. We saw the impact. I mean, he was a complete game changer in that one. So he's such a uh, an integral uh, player to this team. Really, um, again, it's it's the midfield backs just haven't. Uh, really shown us a whole lot of firepower. And it's not that there isn't talent. Spencer Jones has played for Canada. He's an outstanding player. He's just kind of started to hit his, uh, you know, hit some form again this season. The, the number 13 shirt, we lost Ben Lesage to LA. Uh, he, he's an awesome player. Yes. Um, and you, you just can't replace a guy like that. So they've got uh, Ueta Tufunga, who's a, another big meaty uh, New Zealander. Uh, he's been playing there a bit. Mitch Richardson's been playing there a little bit. Uh, there's a guy named Denon Robinson Bartlett, who's another New Zealander. He hasn't played uh, played yet this season. He's been injured. So waiting to see if he's going to be available for this one or not. I think he'll get a look at the number 13 shirt when he is fit. But again, we just have to see what happens. Wow, that's one hell of a breakdown, Brian. You pretty much named everybody on the team there. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, tell me about what concerns you about the Free Jacks. I mean, obviously this Free Jacks team coming off a huge win against their bitter rival down in Hoboken. We call them Hoboken RFC around here. The the famous semifinalists. <laughs> they love to they love to throw that in our face that they've made the semifinals the past two years but never won a shield. So, uh, what do you think about the Free Jacks? Well, I firstly, I love the Canadians in the team. Right. <laughs> this fellow over here, Foster Duet, I think has done exceptionally well, exceeded expectations for me. Regan O'Gorman's come in this year. He's uh, playing really well. They get the three good locks with uh, Stan Vandenhoven and obviously Josh Larson. Yes. Um, so a, a, a very solid type five. I think the real strength, I mean, obviously Walk is a superstar. The guy is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But for me, the real strength of the team is that back row. Uh, Slade McDowell's come in and he's just a, a destroyer. He comes in and just smashes into every thing so a uh, big fan of his work joe johnston one of the best flankers in mlr last year um i hope he plays for the eagles this year because uh, he's obviously good enough yep. uh terrell you know i expected jesse uh, peretti uh, mm-hmm. to come in and play number eight but he's been injured so yep. uh but i think terrell uh Paita, I, i'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his last mm-hmm. time i think it's Paita. Yep. um I, i've been very impressed with him uh uh it's really their the, their ability to disrupt at the breakdown has been the biggest thing. They're all dynamite over the ball. They make a yep. mess of everything. They slow ball down. So uh, that's a, a massive strength for them. And, and um, you know, I, I think that kind of, you know, Dougie Fife's suspended right now, but, you know, Mitch Wilson comes in and hardly skips a beat, right? But yep. uh, And those, those midfielders, uh, LaRue Milan has come in and kind of quietly been very, very solid. Yep. And when you've got Wayne Vanderbank and Jack Reeves, Canadian eligible uh, options oh. at 13, that's, uh, you know, that's, it's pretty good midfield uh, makeup, a good option. So I, I think the, uh, the free Jacks are a good all round team. I expected them to take longer to gel because there's so many new faces, but right. they've exceeded my expectations in the, the, the beginning parts of this season. I'll tell you what, uh, Foster DeWitt, uh, his dad and I are like best buddies on Facebook. He's constantly <laughs> messaging me about how good his son is. And I agree. He's very good. Um, fantastic player. So happy to have him in the front row. He can play, pretty much every position in the front row. And he's proven that throughout the uh, the time that he's been there. And, God, we have so many good players. It feels good to be good, uh, Brian. And I keep saying that over and over again. You know, in the preseason, we kept saying, oh, we on paper, we're really good. But now we can officially say it feels good to be good. And this team is winning on the road, which we didn't last yeah. year. So uh, I'm just I'm just so happy right now as a Free Jacks fan. And our first home game, obviously, coming up uh, on Saturday here against your Toronto Arrows. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, during this segment here, all of the guys on Toronto that are very good. Who is their number one danger man, in your personal opinion? 
Number one, Danger Man. Um, well, I'll tell you a guy to watch out for who I haven't mentioned yet. His name is Brock Webster. He was a late signing. Uh, he played fly half for our national under 20 side. Uh, he played a little bit with the seventh side in our national development team. He's now playing on the wing. He's very, very quick. He'll show up all over the field. He's very young. He's kind of one of those fearless guys. He's not big, but, uh, he's, he's going to pop up and he's going to make things happen. Uh, I think he's a kind of the danger man, uh, that game breaker, if you will. Also Matthew hood, the Australian on the other wing is also very rapid. Um, so those would be the, the two guys I would think can, you know, really kind of do a little magic, whereas Waka is obviously the main man for, for, for New England. So, you know, those were the, the X Factor guys I would point out in the field. Just a random question here for you that I just thought of. Let's say all of the best Canadian players that are on other teams in MLR, let's say all of a sudden magically they were on the arrows. How much better would this team be, do you think? Oh, they'd be good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's some good players out there. Let's right. let's that. I mean, you know, the arrows as they are are very strong. I mean, people have often said in the past that the arrows are like the Canadian. They're really not. Uh, you know, let's uh, just say I didn't agree with all the national teams coaches' selections in the past little while. Uh, they could have been better. Um, I mean, they'd be a very formidable if, I mean, you're sticking Larson in there. Um, it, you know, we, we got Bailey now. So, but I mean, you put Ben Lesage uh, back in there, Eric Howard, the Nola hooker back in there as well. I mean, there's, there's so much uh, Canadian talent. Michael Smith is tearing it up for San Diego at open side flanker right now. There's so many guys. It, it would be a really fun team. Uh, but frankly, I'm more than happy to send Canadian players south of the border because then it opens up spots for other local Canadian guys to get a chance uh, with the arrow. So, and it's, it's more fun for the competition, you know, and mm-hmm. you can, yeah. you know, team comes in and the Canadian uh, fans can kind of pick one or two players out on each team that uh, they, they can really get behind. Yes, so sure. I think it just adds that international flavor. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's great. I, I love the Canadians that are on the free jacks right now, but just kind of like a hypothetical, what, what if situation now, both of us are follically challenged. Um, I'm trying to grow a <laughs> mullet for charity and it's not working too well. I mean, it's, it's all right. Certain angles look better than others. Right. But um I was going to ask you, uh, who has the best hair on your Toronto Arrows, in your opinion? Yeah, I think you asked me this the last time on the show, and I was struggling. I would have said, like, Andrew Quatrin. He's kind of starting to get that mullet thing going on again. Okay. Um, the last I saw Siaki Vicolani, who only played a couple games last year. He was injured for most of it. And then he played with Canada. He kind of had kind of the, this big Afro thing on the go, but he hasn't played yet this year. So okay. I'm not sure really what's going on with him. Uh, he isn't injured. I know that. So uh, I, I guess right now you kind of have to say, uh, you know, Andrew Quatrin, unless you're a fan of the, you know, the the uh i guess hairless mike shepherd and that that awesome beard that he's got so yeah. if you want to go for facial hair you got to go with shep but i think for if you're talking head of the hair in the top of the head you got to go with quatrain fair enough yeah on the free jacks I always counter with the eagle you know right that majestic oh, yeah. mullet is the best in the league i think uh there's few competitors to him for sure in that realm well you would have said cam davidovitz might have been in there as well yes but, but he looks to have kind of trimmed that off a bit so it's a bit tighter with his you know it's a bit of a shorter mullet uh going on there um next question here would be um how much of a concern is it to you that toronto was only two and two this year uh, not really that big a concern. We've seen it in the past. There's such a massive home stretch right at the end. They've only had one home game, technically well, home game played right, yeah. in, in BC. So they still got seven games in Toronto. I expect they'll win 
probably six of those, um, you know, maybe even around the tables, um, you know, all of those, they're going to be very, very difficult at home. So not really concerned if they can get through, uh, you know, their road game, the road swing with a, you know, a 500 record, I'm okay with that. Uh, so not really concerned at all. I think they probably could have won both of the games they lost. Um, yep. You know, LA really kind of ran away a bit in that second half, but they certainly could have beaten Seattle if they'd played a little better. But uh, again, just not super concerned about that. Still uh, some players, a couple of players to come in and, and then, you know, had a lot of injuries in the back. So um, yeah, no, I, not, not really big concern that again, playing at home is going to be, they're going to be very, very difficult at home. That, that's a tough trip for anybody. I was thinking that Toronto would be in the top three at the end of the season. I mean, it's still possible. I mean, it's so early on in the season here. We're, what, a quarter way through at this point. So, long way to go still. Um, I wanted to add, because I am going to be coming up there to Toronto when uh, the Free Jacks play Toronto there um, at home for you guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'll definitely be hitting you up for recommendations in the Toronto area for, like, uh, I don't know, just eat, eating good food or whatever. Because I know that you're from there, right? I know you're not there now, but you're from there. Yeah, I live in Halifax now in the East Coast, but I spent the first 20 odd years of my life in Toronto. So, but you know, things have changed a little bit since, since I was there, <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, but there's no shortage of places to eat in Toronto, but uh, you know, just like New York, there's nowhere to park. So I'll, I'll oh, give you that now. <laughs> oh boy, that'll be such a headache for me, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, big city, right? Um, what is your score prediction for the game and why? Why do you think it'll go Oof. down that way? Well, look, I, I I have to pick the arrows to win. So pardon my bias. Um, I think it's going to be a really close one. If I had to pick a score, I would say something like 24 to 22 or 25, 22. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to say Sam Malcolm kicks a penalty goal late in the game to win something like that. I, I, I expect it's going to be a close game. Toronto's not dumb. They know who Bodine Walker is. They've seen all the tape. So, you know, if he still pulls off his magic, then, you know, what can you do? You know, right. credit to the guy. But uh, there's certainly going to be no no secrets out there at this point. I respect the pick. You know, I completely disagree, uh, of course, with your score <laughs> prediction there. I think the Free Jacks will win this and big. But Toronto is a, an opponent to be, you know, respected. Uh, last year, of course, they were away from home and they didn't look right. They didn't, you know, they didn't practice at, at their home and they also didn't sleep in their own bed. So that has to factor in a huge, huge amount here. We expected them to be better at this point, but they're still two and two. And as you're saying, it's a, a very good team up there. But I believe in my heart of hearts that the New England Free Jacks are the king of the north and we will prove that once again. So I'm predicting a big, big <laughs> score here. So I'm not going to give this specifically because I've talked about it in other segments on this show that will be coming out a little bit later on tonight. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on here. We've got one more thing before we get you out of here. It is called called one word association. So I'm going to say one word or maybe two words. And the first thing that comes to your mind, just let me know what it is and we'll get you out of here after that. Okay. All right. All right. First one, Canada. Cold. <laughs> All right. Matt McCarthy. <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> yes, he is. I saw him in person. Uh, Dan Power. Tall. Okay. <laughs> Free Jacks. <sighs> Exciting. And Woody, which is over your shoulder there. Um, terrifying terrifying (laughs) uh people have referred to him as a uh, mags fever dream and i I completely agree with that yeah this has to be you know maybe eat some you know uh, something special for dinner when he thought uh, too much hot sauce or something but yes it's certainly something different (laughs) yeah it was something like that for sure um maple syrup is the final one for you here 
delicious. <laughs> I guess I should have said donut in response, but. Uh... <laughs> All right, man, this has been great. We'll hopefully have you on again at some point. Thank you very much. And we say one word to get out of here. You don't have to say it, but I do. Huzzah. Woo. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Send us an email over there uh, with your feedback. Also would appreciate you guys to continue to interact with us on social media or across all the major platforms at Jacks Rangers. Continue to like and share our post on there. I, I know that a lot of people appreciate the funny graphics that we put out there. Those are pretty fun to do. Tell us how we did. Really enjoyed the episode. Super excited. The home opener once again. I'm going to be awesome to see all of you rangers out there at fort quincy representing and being loud as hell and scaring the crap out of the toronto arrows and sending them home with a big time butt whooping they will not soon forget they will know that the king of the north is the new england free jack i will leave you with a revolutionary war quote this one is from thomas jefferson i hope our wisdom will grow with our power and teach us that the less we use our power the greater it will be wise words from a renaissance man thomas jefferson all right guys that's gonna do it saddle up let's ride beat toronto and i'll see you on saturday huzzah go free jacks